Coming up on this episode, we begin by asking some tough big city questions like, why is brunch so good? And how can you trust food delivery? Then we get into the week's tech news, mostly centered around video games and E3. We've got the scoop on Scarlet Stadia and Xbox brand body wash, plus much more. Stick around, it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 244, recorded June 10th, 2019, The Scarlet Console. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by a couple of guys available in all 48 contiguous United States. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Sorry, Hi. Alaska and Hawaii mm-hmm. and Guam. We've been we've been uh, intermittently available in Hawaii in the past. Yeah, but you know what? They charge that extra fee. That's really where mm-hmm. they get you, because we gotta yeah. we gotta get you guys all the way out there. You know. Now, Dan, if I recall correctly, when we were in Hawaii, Amazon Prime was not available there. That's correct. Imagine, can you can you imagine what your life would be like if Amazon Prime was not available? I wouldn't have just been able to up and order a book on tiki cocktails inspired partially by my time in Hawaii <laughs> on Saturday and receive it today if it weren't for <laughs> Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. This episode brought to you by Amazon Prime. <laughs> Make sure to use checkout code Don't Panic when purchasing for. <laughs> if it, I mean, I if it says coupon code. code not recognized, just keep pressing it. It will work right. eventually. Just pay for the full price. We'll send you a check for the difference. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we get a bunch of we bootstrap our our privacy smashing database of everyone's buying habits. As we give everyone here, actually, how is this not a business? One percent off everything. You send us the receipt. One percent off everything. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. Walmart has that with their app where you scan like your competitor receipt to see if you save money at the other stores. (laughs) But they're not actually giving you money. They they. You you definitely get a benefit somehow. Don't hold me to that. Have you ever seen that? It's like a Chrome extension called Honey. Mm. Yes. Yes, but go on. I just feel like that's their gimmick. Like you click the click the button every time you're about to buy something, and they get to see what you're going to buy. Yeah, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to give you a coupon if there's one available. I guess is the point. I see. I am trying an app. I'm not going to pick it yet because it hasn't actually worked yet. But there's an app, a new app called Service. And they do that gimmick where they hook into your email and scan for hotel and airfare. It's an app called Service? It's an app called Service. And it's a streetcar named Desire. And whenever it tracks a hotel or airline purchase, it will start tracking the price. And if it notices the price drops, somehow through computer magic, it automatically files a complaint. With well, If your flight gets changed, it files it with the airline to get you money back. Or if your hotel price drops, it will actually cancel your booking and automatically rebook at the lower price. But they take Fancy. 30% of whatever you saved as their fee. I see. So you have to pay them some money? No, it's just... Yeah, that's a good question. I did not get that far, how that, how that math... Wait, so I've already paid for the room. Mm-hmm. They're going to cancel it, and it gets refunded to my credit card, I would assume. They took my credit card so they could do the automatic rebooking. So I guess then, yeah, then they would just charge me 30% on top of the new price. Right. Boom. Just figured it out. 
<laughs> I feel very smart. What a weird thing. I'm curious to see if it works. They have a lot of authority having access to both my email and credit cards, so I might end up with a lot of extra rooms. <laughs> That's true. So you're triple booked here tonight. <laughs> Which room would you like to stay in? Yes, they're all on your credit card. You know, I did actually, this is kind of unrelated, I actually had a business idea, and I know we like to bring these to the show and yes. share them with the world. And I was thinking seriously, guys, about Brazilian steakhouses. Have you been to a lot of Brazilian steakhouses? Colby and I have been to a Brazilian steakhouse together, if I recall. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's the only Brazilian steakhouse I've ever been to as well. But, okay, tell us your idea. Okay, so you know the concept of Brazilian steakhouse, right? You pay one yeah. fee to get in, and they just keep bringing meat to your table. Not always the meat you want, but yeah, nominally there's meat coming to your and table. And you just take yeah. what you want, and then you, know, you flip the card if you don't want any more. Okay. Why can't that concept be expanded to more food types? Mm -hmm. Namely dessert. Okay. Mm. Imagine a sweet shop. You pay one fee to get in. You sit and guys come up to you. Red velvet. Yes, please. Cannoli. I'd love it. Flan. You bet. Cheesecake. Sure. But they're all little bite size. They're not like mm -hmm. big pieces. Mm -hmm. And so you mm -hmm. eat a lot of variety. But you, you don't get full right away. Sounds nice. Um, in last week in, uh, the center of Boston, right across from our new office, uh, there was an event called the scooper bowl, Ooh. which is put on by the Jimmy fund, which is sort of that concept. You go, you pay like, I don't know, it was like $15, but then there are like ice cream, all the ice cream companies have booths. And you can just go and take as much as many like little tiny cups of ice cream as you want. That's awesome. Yeah, I ate a lot of a lot of dessert last week. Did you find any new 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 types of ice cream, new flavors of ice cream that really? Ben and Jerry's had one called Totally Baked, which was real good. Uh it's similar to half-baked, but I feel like there was more of a cookie thing going on than mm. a brownie thing. It was pretty, pretty, pretty tasty. Well, you never know what those Ben and Jerry guys are putting in the ice cream. Right. There in Vermont. Yeah. Those hippies. Those hippie dippies. Hippie dippies. Yeah. That was, that was fun. But it would have been better if they brought the ice cream to you. Obviously. It's always better if the ice cream is brought to you. Now, can I ask you guys another question? I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more interested in city living. Not that I want to oh. live in a city, but I just don't understand. For example, this past weekend I was in a city, uh, Titletown, uh -huh. Boston, and uh, I know you guys get... This isn't my question, by the way, but I, I you guys get brunch. We don't have brunch where I live, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. And that's all I ever want to eat is brunch. I'm sure you're brunch? sick of it, yeah. but for me, it's a real treat. Cause now, say more. Like us when bumpkins you say out brunch, here have not figured mean? out how to combine breakfast and lunch, because you either go out and you get breakfast, which is just eggs and meat on a plate, or you get lunch. But in the city, right. you get it's fancy breakfast. It's what is it's your, restaurant what you breakfast. Want? What is your ideal lunch or brunch rather? But see, I'm like a lightweight, so you really shouldn't ask me. But really, I just want a bre damn breakfast burrito. I can't even get one of those out here. Okay. 
Like even really? that is a low level. I will take that. That's crazy. But I want like, like I want everywhere lots. has a breakfast burrito in Boston. Any place that serves breakfast. Yeah, it's crazy that no one has thought to do that. Even like like fried chicken, right? Which is kind of a common brunch type meat. It's like they don't actually do the fried chicken. They just do like chicken. Like it's not, it's just not nice. It's just very, it's like a, you know, $4 breakfast. I see. Now, I think that brunch has really become an excuse to have sweet things for lunch and and is like, a lot less about breakfast foods necessarily for lunch and a lot more about waffles and pancakes and oh. biscuits with jam. Interesting. You know, at least that's and and then the other big aspect of it in the cities is alcoholic beverages right. sometime between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Yep. And I love that. Right. You do love that. Okay, so it's not just the breakfast burrito. There are other aspects of brunch that really appeal no, to it's, you. It's, it's, it's the whole idea of going to a restaurant at like 11, like a real restaurant at 11 a.m., and they just have breakfast food for some reason and drinks. Like, it's just, there's just something. <laughs> again, some... guys, this is all new to me. You guys have been living this lifestyle, and it's all new. It's just you something about it. it. It just seems cool. We should go on a brunch field trip to DC sometime because let me that let me tell you, they really know how to eat some brunch in DC. Really? You could eat I, brunch all day long. I've been to DC several times. I don't know if I've ever brunched there. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, we went to that one crazy place, Colby, the uh, the Founding Farmers. That's that's a classic DC brunch place. Didn't we go or or it must have been us. Um but yeah, yes, yes. They, they unlike New York, I don't know if this is true in Boston, they can have the uh, the so-called bottomless brunch mm. where you get unlimited alcoholic beverages. I can't imagine that's a, a thing in, in Protestant Boston, but I don't know. We can't have happy hour here, so right. I feel like we should be able to have <laughs> bottomless brunch. But I'm sure there's some caveat like there actually is a bottom. Right. Bottomless up to up to nine, oh, nine glasses. That's a good idea, Brazilian steakhouse for breakfast. See, now you're thinking bottom Brazilian steakhouse brunch. That would Sean, that would be amazing because then you could just get there's like a waffle cart, right? And you the guy just comes yep. over and pops waffles, off pancakes, a little tiny scoop of ice cream on top of the, a little mini waffle. Oh, the whole thing. Yes, Meats. bacon. You can get little, little like half glasses of various beverages. Yep. Yes. Uh, That's a good idea. I know that they're they're knocking down the door trying to give us money for this. Well, they should. I mean, we've been waiting to get into the restaurant game for quite a while. (laughs) We haven't we haven't had such a good idea for a restaurant since the floating bar that was also an escape room. I think was one of ours (laughs) from a while back. And like there was oh. no escape because it was on a boat. I think was the idea, but it was also <laughs> a bar. I'll never get over the snoomba. I still the think snoomba. about the snoomba. All the it's time. definitely up there. It's definitely up there. God. But it's the question, obvious idea. The question I did want the, the city question I did want to ask. Another oh, aspect okay. of city right. life that I don't have that confuses me is gig economy food delivery, oh, seamless yeah. Grubhub, Uber Eats. <clears throat> DoorDash. Yes. We we don't have that here. Okay. And when we do have it, it's very rare. Right. So Grumhub is mostly 
it's like not very gig economy. Grubhub is just like it's like as if you called the restaurant oh, and ordered guys. delivery. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Grubhub is just the conduit. Like you're ordering via Grubhub, but your the delivery comes from the restaurant's right. person, as far as I know. Um, seamless. I don't know. I haven't Grubhub used seamless in a long exactly time. Exactly the same way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like Uber Eats, on the other hand, or like Postmates, I think is another that does it that way. Yeah, and Caviar. Yeah. Um. So the cool things about those is you can get delivery from places that only uh, do like takeout from the restaurant, like like uh, walk up takeout. But it's like, and maybe this says more about me that I trust a stranger to drive me in an Uber than I do to deliver my food to me, but I don't trust strangers to deliver my food to me. Not that they're going to mess with it, but just that they're going to be careless with it or slow with it or otherwise fuck it up in some other way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it happens any more frequently than it does with, like, any other form of delivery. Uh, like, you get the... I don't know. With like caviar and Uber Eats, you see like where they are mm. and you get like real time status updates, much like you do when you call an Uber to your to your doorstep. Um, the problem with those is they 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 have usually have like a delivery fee and a service fee and a tip. So and you, all that, you yeah. End up, yeah, you end up paying like about as much for it <laughs> to get the food delivered as you did for the food. But sometimes you got to have that uh, whatever the thing you got to have is. There's one particular pizza place that is only available on Caviar that we uh, we tend to order from because it's only available on Caviar. But it's uh, it's a treat. It's a little bit of a splurge. That was true of the pizza place near my last apartment that put the sesame seeds in the in the crust. Oh, boy. I've never had that. That sounds delightful. It was really good. Wow. Uh, Can we answer any more questions, Sean? Oh, I have a million of them, Dan, but we only have so much time this evening to get through them. I'll keep thinking of my big city questions. Here's a question for you. Okay. If if someone was like, uh, Sean, you you know, we've got a big contract, uh, you know, in, you know, some one of those top five U.S. big cities, six months. You but you have to live in the city. Would you go? Yeah, I would. I loved my year in Houston, which I realize isn't quite the same, but closer. Um, okay. And yeah, I definitely would. All right. So, all right. I'm Your not opposed open. to city living in general. It's got its pros and cons. I wouldn't say I prefer one over the other. It just so happened to work out that nobody in a city wanted to hire me. So <laughs> I end up out here where they're desperately clinging to talent because they're all moving to where you live. Because they've got brunch. Mm. Yes, there is brunch. <laughs> Maybe you should just open a brunch place, Sean. Honestly, I think it would do great. I think it would do great. We're, I, we're missing I, that. I know for a fact that you are uh, certainly a like, and well, let's put it this way: you're not a bad cook at all. Oh, that's very sweet. You need to be a great cook to to pull this off. No, just brunch. I think yeah. I think you could. I think you've got a lot of the talents that one would need to be a good host. That's for sure. Thank yeah. you. Oh, that 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 Keep gregarious the owner who's, who's like. Who does the uh, front of house stuff and seats you at the table and asks you how the meal is? I think you'd be very good at that. Oh, that's very sweet. You're very nice. Can, 
is. Can, can I answer any small town questions for you two? So you can't order food at all? <laughs> no, you can. No, you can. You can't How do it. Do we don't have food? apps here, guys. There are no. There are no apps here. No. So you have to like call a phone number and talk to Peppo the pizza guy. And oh, Peppo. <laughs> don't don't laugh. I order pizza from Peppo's, and it's very good. He's he's my man. He's a good guy. Okay. But you he cannot. And this is again. This is not joking on anyone in particular, but this is true. He has a son who is deaf in one ear, and he answers the phone sometimes, and he cannot hear what you're saying. And then his father will take the phone and say, I'm so sorry my son picked up the phone. He's deaf in one ear and can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> not a good or a bad thing, but it is it is an anecdote of Peppo's Pizza. You don't get that uh, in the app. Right, no, you right, don't get that true. in the app. Have that you ever... True. So... Here's here's something I think about a lot, and I don't know if you if you have this problem. Certainly, people at your New Year's party, I guess maybe it was a different situation. Although some people definitely have this problem. The problem is, you go to a party or someone comes to your house, they have to drive home. Yes, they don't want to take an. Do people take Ubers to the parties and then so that they can take an Uber back and not leave their car at someone's place? What what do people do? First of all, Dan, I'm glad you came to me with questions about attending parties. Uh, it is something I'm intimately familiar with. Yeah. And um, no, you're exactly right. Uh, you, you have to either get someone to a buddy to give you a ride or you. Yeah, you have to take an Uber there and an Uber back. Wow. That's the idea. But there really aren't. There's maybe five Ubers in the greater Springfield metro area. So it's not easy to get. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We all have cars here, unfortunately. All right, thank you. Yes, we'll keep... Hey, look, if anyone out there has city or country questions, send us a note, don'tpanicshow uh, at gmail.com, and we will <laughs> answer your questions as best we can. Some great <laughs> tips from the Don't Panic crew. Guys, we've got some tech news here in the rundown. It's a big video game week, E3. Yeah. Some stuff to talk e about there. Or we can start three. elsewhere. It's up to you guys. I think we should start there. Okay, we'll start. You know, it's funny. Uh, it was earlier announced a while back that both Nintendo and Sony were going to have sort of reduced presence at the show, which kind of like left Xbox as the big um, sort of company showing there. And they announced a bunch of stuff. So I'll go through some of the high level stuff and you guys stop me when it gets interesting. Some of this we've already talked about on the show before a little bit. Project Scarlet is one of them. It's the next version of the Xbox One. Uh, it's going to be very powerful and fancy. Uh, it's going to... Uh, here we go. Custom design CPU based on AMD Zen 2 and Radeon RDNA architecture. It's got GDDR6 RAM. That Six? Quote, oh, Dan. It will, quote, usher in a resolution and frame rates we've never seen before. How many nits of never brightness does it have? Well, we are talking <laughs> 8K gaming, 120 <laughs> frames per second, ray tracing, and variable refresh rate support. Now, this is something I actually don't understand. What is ray tracing? It, it sounds like one of those things that I should know, but I don't know. Does anyone know? Uh, I don't exactly know how to explain it, but it's like a different... Um, it's like a different sort of graphics algorithm, so the... Mm, I love algorithms. Yeah, and I, I, I. This is a whole really horrific explanation of this, but like it's, it's, it's like the, um, 
like the things all exist in space and it's rendering like from the perspective, like from a bunch of like uh, rays, like you can think of it like beams going out from like where the camera is. And it's that how real light works. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like not for light necessarily, but it's like the way the thing is rendered. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's this, the simplest explanation from this article titled what is ray tracing uh, says it re- it's the method of generating an image with a computer by tracing the path of light from an imaginary eye or camera to the objects in that image versus what they do now, which is it where it traces all rays emitted by the sources. Um, and it even processes rays that don't make it to, to your eyes. So it's, it's being able to actually predict and know where the rays are going to go rather than just doing all the rays. If that I see. So it's like, uh, uh, an, an optimization of sorts maybe yes yes you know not 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 generating stuff in shadows and in where it's refracting and stuff like that right like things you won't see yep okay all right so it's got that it does um uh, a big new feature is that they're going to be focusing on uh ssds as virtual ram um, it could boost performance by 40 times over the current generation, um, meaning games will load faster, obviously. Um, now, we I don't know if we talked previously on the show. Sony has talked about the PS5 a little bit. They've said similar stuff, 8K graphics, SSD storage, 8-core uh, CPU, all that kind of stuff, 4K graphics, blah, blah, blah. It is uh, scheduled to come out uh, before holiday 2020 is what they're saying, so you'll have to wait well over a year to get it. Um, and there was a sort of a late breaking addition to this, which is that it will contain a disk drive. Boo. I can't believe I got this one wrong. Well, but that's they, lame. They'll, uh, they're going to do a couple other consoles, I think at the same time. I don't, this is the super high end one. So I don't think they mind throwing in a $30 blue dra- Blu-ray drive, but I think some of them won't have one. I, I think you're closer than you think. Mm. I don't know. We were doing we were doing this show when the PS4 came out. Yeah, I remember put that in your put that in your bonnet. <sighs> and <laughs> and I remember predicting back then that the next console would not have. I remember it very specifically. Would not have an optical drive. This is the last gasp of the octal drive. Well, when we start talking about some of this game subscription stuff and the streaming stuff, I you're closer than you've ever been to that prediction being true, I think. I but not not 100% true. That's what I that's what I aim for. Anyways, so I, I don't know. That this I guess ray tracing is cool. 8K. We don't even have 4K gaming yet. I think it's one of those where they say it will support 8K gaming, but then they're like, it will do 4K gaming. So, you know. Right. Okay. Future proofing it. A little bit there. Um, launching alongside it, uh, xCloud. We've also talked about this a little bit on the show. Their cloud X-Cloud. gaming service. It is coming in October. You'll be able to turn your Xbox One into your own personal and free xCloud server or stream games directly from uh, Microsoft servers themselves. So it works both ways. Um, let me, they don't have the pricing details in here. 
So there's a couple different things that they announced. So xCloud is just the sort of streaming component, but then there's like all the Xbox Pass stuff, which we'll get to next. Oh, yeah. But but the Xbox, uh, xCloud will be able to stream to your phone from your Xbox or from the cloud or stream to your TV from the cloud or your Xbox and the walls and your PCs and they'll all stream to each other. And theoretically other game consoles. Stream to each other. What does that mean? Well, essentially... Yes, from the cloud or your Xbox to devices like phones and TVs and computers. Oh, okay. I can't stream an Xbox game from my Xbox to my phone. Yes, you can. I think that's. Oh, the I can. Yes. Can I stream a, a a PC game to my Xbox? Why would you do that? Well, because there are a lot of PC games that aren't on Xbox. I don't think that's true. I'm. I'm going to say I don't <laughs> think that's possible. You may have broken it. Wow. Oh, it's not possible to do, or it's not possible that there are games that are on the PC that aren't on the Xbox. I don't. They did not say that much detail, so okay. you're you're stressing you my knowledge all, here. You had all my other questions answered. Okay, I was just... I'm doing the best I can, Dan, for you. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Um, all right. Well, tell me about the game subscription. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be the one. Well, there were a lot of game subscriptions, by the way, that were announced yeah. um, from all of the big. All of the big companies, um, including like individual game publishers, not just Microsoft and Sony and all that stuff. Plus, you got the old Google one <laughs> old from last month. I, it's really going to get expensive, guys. Um, they unveiled the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, which is alongside the Game Pass subscription and the Xbox Live Gold subscription. <laughs> Here's what you need to know. There are a bunch of different levels. First of all, they've added PC in. So PC is now part of the bundle. If you get the Xbox Game Pass PC, it's $9.99 a month, includes more than 100 PC games you can stream to your PC. There's also the Xbox Game Pass console games, which is $9.99 a month and more than 100 games for your Xbox. So same price, same idea. You can buy one for your computer or one for your Xbox. Then there's Xbox Live Gold, which is $9.99 a month, and that's access to online multiplayer games, just like Gold was before. What's new is the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is $14.99 a month, includes Xbox Game Pass PC, Xbox Live Gold, and Xbox Game Pass console games. I think it's pretty clear. Here's the important (laughs) question. Do any of those subscription plans come with Xbox Body Wash? No, it should. What is this? (laughs) There's no better time Uh, than to pivot right over to that. Um... (laughs) Someone decided it was think of two brands that you have been dying to get together. And if you were thinking Xbox and Axe body wash, you're in luck. Um, it's only available in Australia when it launches in July. It's under Lynx, which is like what Axe is called in Australia. Um, <laughs> it's got this. I love this quote from uh, Tania Chi, the business group lead for Xbox Australia, New Zealand, who said, quote, We see Xbox fans achieve incredible things every day, and we wanted to celebrate that elevated skill, passion, and determination by creating something truly special. Now, powering up can be as simple as a quick spray before you head out the door. Um, It is a series of uh, body washes, shampoos, uh, deodorants. Would you guys like to know what it smells like? Uh, Does it smell like that, like, faint, melting solder smell that you get when you put your 
your like nose up to the back of a computer fan. It's got that great red ring smell. Uh, right. No, Lynx Xbox is a fresh scent of pulsing green citrus featuring top notes of lime and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood. <laughs> Containing a range of natural essential oils, the Xbox Lynx range comes with a sleek new look and features a body spray, deodorant, and shower gel. Do you think that there are, like, Somali competitions for deodorant, for men's deodorant? No, you know what, Dan? I don't think there is. I'm just going to come right out. I'm going to cut you off right there. No. No? They're talking about top notes and all this other stuff. Do you you think they're like, oh, this is like a 2003... All right, two thousand tag body spray. <laughs> Good vintage. Uh, pre-marketing campaign Old Spice. You know, Dan. Let me take you down to my deodorant cellar. <laughs> Got to keep them climate controlled. Oh my god, that that is a horrifying idea. Someone has a deodorant cellar, though. Let's look this up on YouTube right now. Yeah, I'll find a deodorant World's collector. Largest deodorant collection. Gross. <laughs> that, oof. I'm gonna look up deodorant reviews yeah look at that just a bunch of people's armpits up in this youtube search results oh boy you're going down a right i can't wait to see the recommended Dr. videos Oz you get explain sweat <laughs> there's no one i trust more uh, 10 best indian deodorants wow i've never seen so many armpits in such a short amount of time it's not something you think about, is it? <laughs> what, armpits? Yeah, it's just one of those things that exist in life, and you just don't really ever think about it. Yeah, it doesn't really come up. No. It's a pretty useless body part, really, as far as... Ooh, don't let him hear you say that. With the, the big deodorant? Yeah, big armpit. <laughs> They're the pits. Big pit. <laughs> big armpit does sound like a great band name. Uh, so those Xbox okay. uh, game subscriptions are available now. You can go and buy them. Uh, I guess it's the, really the interesting thing <laughs> is that they brought it to the PC. So now you can yeah. play a bunch of games on your PC for one price and that they bundled it. Uh, other very short uh, Xboxy things. They showed off Halo Infinite and Gears 5, which are coming uh, next year. Uh, they also brought out, I know you guys are going to get psyched. Flight Simulator is back. Oh, my God. Making a return in 2020. Uh, this was one of those. I, actually, it was on this show. I went through all of the discontinued Microsoft software products. Yep. And I we stumbled across Flight Simulator. Remember that? Remember when Microsoft's only first-party game was a seriously expensive high-end flight simulation software? Yeah. That I is do. still used to this day. Oh, I love seeing the photos of people like in their homes, like with like legit setups and pedals and the rudders and the yeah, whole. Yeah, they went to like a junkyard and picked out like a 747 cockpit and set it up in their basement. <laughs> I've seen that. Like people have done that. They they make replicas of uh, different plane interiors. Well, this game will uh, it will be in 4K and it will be using uh, imagery collected by satellites to actually give you, a, they claim, the most realistic flying experience ever created. Wowee. Uh, was there any... I'm actually really curious. Did they, did they announce any like cool new peripherals or anything? Nope. 
No, Good it'll much. only be available on PC uh, next year. That makes sense. That was about it. But they'll, I'm sure there'll be more at E3 next year. I don't remember what game this was. I think it was even an original Xbox game. It, it, you like the game was over a hundred dollars, and you got this crazy uh, control panel that you used to control this robot that you drove around. And it had like the buttons or the the mm. switches. You had to flip up the plastic case, and like mm. I never played it. I never saw one, but that idea appealed to me so much. Like, yes, I want to. Not even for any good reason, but I want to have to flip open a plastic like self-destruct case and flip this switch while I'm playing this game because buttons are really fun to press. Oh yeah, as as I learned at my conference. That that makes me think of uh, friend of the show Colin's uh, DJ Hero. I feel like that was the the heftiest game controller I ever. Uh... DJ Hero. Yeah, I had never heard of that one. Oh. You gotta check that one out. Was short lived. Was, was it fun? I never, I never got to play it. So <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I don't know if I did either. It was very much like Guitar Hero, but you were a DJ instead. How does that work? You just put tracks on and do do whippy wops on your <laughs> hickey. I mean, it, it worked so well. They don't make it anymore. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, other things that got announced, uh, we're talking about subscriptions, uh, nothing new with Electronic Arts, I'm just going to point this out before we get to the next story. So, EA Origin Access is $4.99 a month, um, Mm -hmm. and has a number of streaming games. Ubisoft announced their Uplay Plus, a PC game subscription service with more than 100 Ubisoft titles. It's coming out September 3rd, and it will cost you $14.99 a month. Uh, and it will, uh contain 100 games and all of the expansions for said games as well. This is, like, everyone has their own thing that you can pay monthly for. Yeah, man, subscriptions are where it's at. It, I guess it really is. Google Stadia's it, it, coming? Google Stadia with, like, free, or not free, but exclusive launch titles. Well, actually, I, I guess I don't know if they're yeah, exclusive. Yeah, Stadia is confusing because they point out Stadia is not a subscription service. And they're very pointy about that. Right. You pay a $10 fee, they throw in some free games, but don't promise you any good ones. But you actually buy the games through Stadia. So you pay retail, sort of like Steam almost, where you actually pay for the games and own the rights to them. The $10 really only buys you the right to buy the games. That's, what a deal. I feel like if I was going to do that, I would want to buy a license for the game that I could use however I want. So presumably, you can't take your Stadia license and then install it on the, the awesome computer you get later on. Right. Right. Well, what's interesting is that it was announced this week that both Ubisoft and I believe EA, you'll be able to use those subscriptions on Stadia. Because Stadia supports other companies' subscriptions. So if you have an EA subscription, you can play on your PC, but you can also play on Stadia. Oh, fancy. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm not, I'm still not interested in any of the uh, the gaming streaming services. I mean, I, I think it's just a good opportunity to like try games without having to pay full retail. You know, I think that's really. Yes. I think the idea would be you'd constantly be pulling. You know pulling the plug on different subscriptions at different times based on what games are coming out. Well, again, years ago, five years ago, uh, 
no, six years ago, when we were talking about PlayStation 4, like, one of the reasons to not go digital only is like, oh, well, it takes too long to download the games. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I think is bunk because even if you have a disc, it's like you have to install all the updates in order to do anything. Yeah. Even on day one. Uh, but anyways, there's an easy solution to this. You you start the game, you start it streaming, and it's downloading, I you know, you need some crazy maybe bandwidth to do this. It's downloading the rest of the game in the background and eventually transitions into the like regular game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the the real issue is going to be mobile devices, right? I mean, I I think if you're playing at home with a pretty stable internet connection, they said Stadia 4K is maybe a a stretch, but at least 1080p, they think they can do it. Uh, But they've basically come out and said, you know, Stadia will work on your phone, but if you try and do it over uh, uh, even, you know, 5G maybe when we get there, but on a 4G network, don't even, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 5G... No, they're optimistic. Isn't 5G supposed to be, like, as good as home internet? Oh, it, theoretically better, uh, you know, t- depending on how it's implemented. Which, which I think means almost as good. That's what yeah. I'll, that's what I'll yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen tests with it anywhere from 500 to a gigabyte. Um, gigabit. Speedy. a crazy world. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yes. I don't know if I can handle it. Um, that's pretty much it for gaming stuff. Pretty much it for gaming stuff. Yeah, that okay. covers it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's yeah. a new Super Smash Brothers character coming this week. Oh, who is it? Do we know? <laughs> no, we don't know. That's going to be. Who do you think it's well, going to be? I I honestly have no idea. Who's missing? Uh, the Minecraft character, Master Chief from Halo, uh, Frogger from Frogger. For, oh my god, Sean Frogger would be such a great character. He's so, you Just know. Just pop over the characters. Right, and... you can, you, as soon as you hear Frogger's Smash Bros. character, you immediately picture what it would be like. <laughs> Just be jumping all over the place. Yeah, that'd be great. He'd be a good character for that game. So anyways, we don't know it's what it is, right. but. The new Star Wars game uh, looks like it might be cool, but it might suck, too. What is it? What is it? It is a console game. It you have a lightsaber. They describe the combat as interactive and non-scripted, which got me very excited. Because you want to be able to have a lightsaber and the force powers and do whatever you want with it. Like mm-hmm. the problem with what were those games that were out in college where you were like the evil Darth Vader apprentice? Uh, those looked really cool, but it was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just like I press a bunch of buttons and then a scripted animation happens where like i i like decapitate someone and that's that's cool but then there's only like a couple dozen of those you're playing the game for many hours you're going to see that same thing a bunch of times so i was excited by that that's the only other e3 news that i know about all it's missing is some ray tracing oh yeah ray tracing lots of nits lots of ray tracing all the bits and bytes um do you want to talk about well, we can talk about anything you want, but in the rundown, we've got a story about Walmart delivering straight to your fridge, subscriptions in Firefox, the end of the dashboard. Not a ton of news this week. I I don't want to direct where the show would go. I'd like to talk about subscriptions in Firefox at some point, but we don't start. We have we have time for a couple more stories. So, well, then why not start with that one, Dan? Okay. I think that's great. All right. All right. 
Um, we don't know a ton of details about this. This is one of those early tease things we'll, we'll get to preview here, but um, Mozilla CEO Chris Beard mentioned in an interview that uh, Mozilla was going to look into putting subscription services inside of Firefox that would offer access to premium features. Two, he specifically called out VPN service and cloud storage. Uh, we don't know if it'll be a single subscription or multiple subscriptions. We don't know when it's coming out. They've been testing a subscription VPN since last October. That was only with a very small group of, uh, of test users, and they've said that you know it won't change any existing Firefox features, and it'll still be free and all of that. Uh, it's just a matter of offering additional premium features to those who pay. Yeah, I think this is an interesting idea. I was talking with some people last week about uh, Firefox. I don't remember where. I, I, I haven't looked this up myself. And I don't know what it was called, but I do vaguely remember it. Like the different like interesting ways that Firefox was trying to change how people monetize the uh, the internet. Mm -hmm. So like instead of ads, could you have a browser that lets you pay like one cent per website or sort of like a built-in Patreon model where there'd be like an open API for saying, hey, if you want like to pay me, here's a way to do it. And Firefox can be the thing that, that manages your payment profile uh, or, or something else could be. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, yeah, if Firefox wants to compete with Chrome, my theory, and I think this is kind of what they are doing in a lot of ways, is that they can't beat them on the basics. They'll never be faster than Chrome. They might, you know, certainly might be able to be use less memory than Chrome. Um, <laughs> but then again, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, they'll never have as much market share unless they come up with some kind of wacky, crazy features that get people to switch. Mm -hmm. And this worked for them in the past. In the past, it was extensions and to a lesser extent, developer tools. That was something that Internet Explorer didn't have. It wasn't that Firefox was faster or more standards compliant, although that was, that got you to switch from IE7 to Firefox. Even it tabs. Was tabs and the themes. Yes. There was themes. People Ooh. went nuts over themes. So I think I do think Firefox needs to be trying these kind of crazy... Not Crazy feels pejorative, but... They need to be trying different stuff quickly, and I think a subscription model is a, a great idea. If you can, if you can get, if Firefox can get people to give them their credit cards, they can. Well, my, I guess my point is they can do way more interesting things than cloud storage. Like these different ways of monetizing the web become a lot more possible. Yeah, I mean the the big issue with Firefox now is just that uh, most of the money it receives comes from. The search companies that pay, like Google, mostly that pay. I wouldn't it. be surprised if it mostly came from Google, just yeah. straight up. Yeah. So they they've really got to think on some alternate revenue sources. And I think you're right, Dan. I think there is, as we've talked about all evening, subscriptions are where it's at, and being able to combine these things easily, right? <sighs> so if you've got people who are already paying for a VPN and for Dropbox and for LastPass and for all these different services that make almost, in some ways, make more sense to be integrated directly into the browser. Um, right. I, there definitely is yeah. an opportunity there. I just don't know how much money there is to be made in, you know, for people who already have a VPN and LastPass and drop and blah, blah, blah. How do you get them to switch into well, Firefox? If you think about it, the sign-in with Apple really should have been Firefox. Like, that is perfectly positioned as far as, like, 
Firefox's brand and expertise. Sure. And maybe maybe I, they even did try to do this a couple of years I ago. I think they did. Yeah. I'm remembering that now, too. Yeah. And I guess it never went anywhere. I wonder if they had, like, the anonymous email features and all that stuff. I don't think they had that. I think it was just, like... I don't know. I, I only vaguely remember this, but it, uh, it what I recall was it was just like a Facebook or Google or whatever login, but Mozilla right. was the... Open ID. Yes. Um, the... What was I going to say? But, 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 I think people... It, I think one thing Mozilla does that is a, a little bit of a misread... Although, you know, they're buoyed by the currents of today. But, like, people don't always want privacy. Like, people want to control their privacy. And I think that's what Apple really got right last week, is that they have your phone number and your credit card information and your address and and your gender and your name and all that stuff. But they choose... You get to choose whether or not to give it away. And the protocol is designed such that you can't be like, well... You didn't give us your address, so you can't use our photo sharing app. Mm-hmm. Like it, you could do that, but it would be a lot more work for you. Whereas Facebook is like, you need to give your email address, your phone number, and everyone you talked to for the last sixty days. Do you accept yes or no? It's like, well, I guess if I want to do this, I have to accept. And I think that like Mozilla, it's not Mozilla. I think would probably just assume be like, well, we don't want to know your email address. It's like, yes, but I do want people to sometimes know my email address. I just want to have finer grain control over when they know it. So, but it's an interesting question because then I'm not sure who is, who is it's targeting because it, are you targeting the more tech savvy users who know better or are you trying to create a simpler way for those who are not tech savvy to get the benefits? I think that again, the great thing about the Apple thing is that it's not, it's for both of those people, right? Like, it's easy to use, and it's not something that is even, you know, why would I run, why would I choose some, like, kind of shady email forwarding service if I could just use Apple's thing? Like, there is no competitive advantage that those companies could possibly offer me, right? Like, it's a commodity. But I, but Apple could get away with it because they control the ecosystem top to bottom. I'm curious how Firefox does that. I don't how know how, does that. You mean like convince uh, provide like people well, with offering login to support their, you know, uh, requirements? No, just how you get someone to plunk down their credit card. Say, I'm going to pay Mozilla twenty dollars a month to get all of these features. I, I that's to me a real difficult sell because you've never you yeah. you've never done that with them before. A lot of people have moved on from Firefox, and I just I hope it works for them. But to me, on a marketing side, on a consumer side, that's a that's a well, difficult yeah, in, thing. In e-commerce, to... that's always the scariest part is getting the credit card information. Yeah, yeah. I can. Do you think it could be like I don't know, like Amazon Prime kind of thing, where it's like you get enough stuff for like if you get enough stuff for your one subscription, maybe it's just worth it. Like, imagine a, a subscription is not that much money, but you get you get a little bit of cloud storage and you get a VPN. It's like five or ten dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, 
I think a lot of people, based on like, I use the VPN to, uh, you know, safely surf the internet while I was in Spain and definitely not to watch Game of Thrones. And I was amazed at like the VPN selection and quality and how many downloads these things had in the, uh, the iOS app store. Like, mm. People want VPNs. Yeah. So I think that particularly is a good place for Firefox to go because yeah. it fits their brand. It's Again, it's a commodity thing. It, it's hard to make a VPN that is, at a certain point is way better than any other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I had the same... Uh, I didn't realize that they had a sort of VPN partner, but like when I was uh, in Europe a couple weeks ago and, and needed to browse the web securely... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the I I ended up using using one like I subscribed to one just for my the month that uh my trip happened but I subscribed to one based on someone's recommendation but I was like I don't know VPNs are a little weird like mm -hmm. you're putting a lot of trust in whoever the VPN person is if if your goal is to be private like you're assuming they're keeping you private yep. which is could be true it might not be true but like having a sort of i don't know kind of independent third party like mozilla say like hey like this vpn is like a non-profit like crucially that's right. the thing with a lot of those app stores like well you're a all definitely for-profit companies mm -hmm. right? right so what am i doing here exactly what's the catch all right i mean I, I know it costs money but the temptation is so strong or it must be. We saw Facebook do this with their their VPN for mm -hmm. exploiting children. Yep. Yes. Like on an infinite time scale, they're going to be selling your data. Right. And they get desperate enough, and they get they're venture funded. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll see what happens coming coming potentially later this year. It'll be interesting seeing if they can uh, get people to switch back over. I hope so. I've always liked Firefox. Firefox works well these days. Yeah, I use it everywhere now. It's great. Um, any other stories you guys want to talk about? Um, I got mine in, which are... <laughs> I mean, there aren't that many, but we can move on to picks if you prefer. Is this Apple Dashboard? Yes. Mm. Did you ever use Apple Dashboard? No, but I used what was the what was the Windows equivalent they had in like Windows Windows Seven? Yeah, what were those called? Those those were awful. Yeah, but those they were... looked so cool. It was like, oh, this is the reason to switch from Windows XP. Ugh, and they just everyone had them up, and no one knew how to get rid of them. Yep. <laughs> oh. Mm. Uh, so no, I never okay. used it. Colby, did you ever use Dashboard? Uh, like, I feel like I messed around with it, but in practice, I never actually used it. Like, I remember my first, the first Mac we had, I remember setting up my dashboard. Like, maybe I would use it for the dictionary thing, because that was late high school. But that's that's about it all right i just well, remember it's not there anymore so <laughs> i just remember having it accidentally because there was some combination on the mouse you would hit and they'd come up yeah and then that well, would always happen 
that's a I was surprised to find out that this hadn't already happened. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it launched in 2005 with macOS Tiger uh, and hasn't been updated since 2011. Whoa. Oh, yeah, it's still what here. Was that, uh, that was curious. Lion. Yeah, but what did they change? 10.7. <laughs> oh, what what they I don't know. I don't know. They made the yeah. sticky notes even I, stickier. I'm not sure. <laughs> so sticky. Yep. So there you go. Some fun old computer design. No longer part of the system. Um, let's go ahead and move on to picks. It's the part of the show where each of us brings something we want to share with the world. And we've got an eclectic <laughs> list of picks here in the show. I'm gonna go first because mine's short and it's right here at the top. Um guys, I picked a cable. Wow. I picked a lightning cable, and I know what you're thinking. Sean, you own a million lightning cables, and that's technically true. Uh, what I realize is that they're all the white three-foot ones that come when you get an, an iPhone. You know, that sort of stock default one. I realized I didn't have a long one. And I got to tell you guys, having a long lightning cable, it makes a difference. How? So, first of all, sometimes your plugs are far away from the things you want to plug in. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And number two, it's nice to have when you're traveling because the plugs are sometimes far away from the things you want to plug in. Mm, Think about okay. that, too. Now, now, you're, now you're speaking my language. So it's because that would happen to me all the time where it's like it, the, the cord just was just barely not long enough to be convenient. So grabbing that extra three feet is awesome. And I did splurge and get the nylon coated. Actually, I have my cable right here. Look at look at all that wonderful cable. It comes with a nice uh, Velcro tie. Yeah, Colby knows where, where it's at. <laughs> um, and I got the, the nylon, which is, I splurge about twice as much to get the nylon, but it's, I was really impressed with the quality and I've been using it a bunch. I travel and just around the house plugging in stuff. So, uh, it's a fine cable. It's the Amazon basics. It's 1299. It's a cable, but I really like it. So, and one of the lamer picks we've ever done. I don't know. Cable. Colby picked Velcro ties the other week. So yeah, but those are at least, you know, fun. This is just a cable. <laughs> they are fun, but it's so much cable. It's great. I would have gone longer. I would have gone to like a nine foot or a 12 foot. I got Velcro ties too. <laughs> you want to know the really sad thing? And this is 100% true. After that episode, I bought those Velcro ties and they're still so sitting in the I. packaging. So did I, but I have actually. And my cables are a mess. They're everywhere. I, I should have just split up my leftovers and <laughs> sent them to you. <laughs> oh, that so would have been many. too nice. No, no, we have to learn our lesson. <laughs> we have to fly too close to the sun so our wings melt. Uh, Dan, how about you? Hmm. Uh, well, I was in Spain and it was raining for two days. I watched Chernobyl and then I finished it last week. It is the show that at least everyone I know about is talking about on the Twitters. Uh, it apparently is the highest rated TV show ever on IMDb. Um, I don't know about all that. It is very good. And it's not like I saw it and I was like, oh, great. Like kind of like a disaster porn kind of thing. Like I don't really need this in my life. But it is really well done. And the things that I found most interesting were like the actual details of how a nuclear reactor works and how this happened are very well explained. Like like what was that? What was that? Uh, the big short, like how they explained like the housing crisis in the big short, like that kind of level of like, oh, okay, I understand nuclear reactors now. Mm -hmm. um, and also the way that like so the Soviet state worked in the 80s and 90s, 
was apparently, I heard on Twitter, very well represented uh, and was really wild. Uh, so just being able to see that kind of, you know, not really live, but fake lived in front of your eyes uh, was super interesting. I've never watched the Americans, but I was told the Americans are much more of a stereotype of Russia. And this was m- much truer to how, how it actually was just live life as kind of a normal ish person in this place. Mm-hmm. So check it out. It's on HBO. Let's extend that, extend that game of Thrones, uh, one more month. It's already over though. And it's only, I think five or six episodes. Yeah, it's so not long. You can knock it out. You finish it tonight. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I am a big Jared Harris fan. I think he's great. Oh yeah. He's amazing. He's awesome. Um, so very cool. Check that out on the home box office. Uh, Colby. <laughs> I don't think I have a pick. Uh, Can I borrow you? You know what that means. (laughs) Straight to the shark pit. (laughs) Uh, It's time to panic. (laughs) Can I borrow your pick? Yeah. Okay. On behalf of Colby, I would like to pick up for debate. We just published a new episode this past week, our summer reading list, guys. We picked eight great books for you to kick off your summer right um, a wide selection, fiction, nonfiction, quite a range. If it's come from me and Matt, you know it's going to be interesting. Are you, have you guys read any good books recently? Yes, I'm going to pick one next week. Okay. Then, then we won't spoil it. Cool. But if you're looking for suggestions, that episode is live at UpForDebate.tv, where we get podcasts. Just search Up For Debate, and you can check that out. UFD. And this coming week, we're talking about lawn games. Do you guys have a particularly favorite lawn game? <sighs> Um, horseshoes, cornhole, can jam, ladder toss, bocce, croquet. Wow, you really have a, a pretty good uh, knowledge. This is just outside I, my head. I know. I, I like jarts. I, my favorite <laughs> jarts and jorts. Yes, exactly. The name of my the autobiography. Jorts sport with the Oregon forts. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know that things like does badminton count as a lawn oh, game? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay, then that's my favorite one. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. But the, with the... I, I like I like a game where you really you kind of have to. I like some physicality to it. The only issue I have with badminton is setting up the net is such a hassle. Mm. Like that is a very labor intensive mm. backyard sport. Yeah. More label intensive than croquet. Yeah, because you just put the balls out and hit them with the mallet. Oh well, you got to put the little. Got to put the little stakes in the ground. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I w- did I ever tell you guys about uh, uh, hit the stump? No. Oh boy, this will be a fun. You tease told for- me about this. Yes, I think I mentioned it when we were together. But um, the very short vor- version is uh, my brother-in-law's family plays it, but you get a stump. And everyone gets a nail and you put a nail just enough in the stump so it stands up on its own. And then everyone, of course, is drinking and you take turns and you have to take a hammer. You got to flip the hammer at least the hammer at least one complete turn, catch the hammer in the air and then without hesitating, slam the hammer down in an attempt to bang in one of your other players nails. And whoever's nail is left standing wins. Now, I know what you're thinking. People are drinking, tossing hammers, catching them randomly, and then swinging them as hard as they can at a stump filled with nails. And you're right. It's very dangerous and people do get hurt. But this is a real thing. What is the strategy? 
The strategy is just to be really good at catching the hammer. Okay. Like how much you flip it just once? It, well, it has to make a minimum of one complete rotation before you catch it. So you kind of toss it. It does like a, and then you, but you just have to grab it and swing it. So if you grab the head, you grab the neck. Doesn't matter where you grab it. You got to swing it. Do you get bonus swings for if you more rotations? Nope. Nope. Okay. You only have to. Uh, height, height you're, doesn't you're just matter. Styling on someone at that point. No. Oh, it's it's very <laughs> hard. I've seen like construction esque like handyman guys play it, and they're really amazing because they can catch it in just one shot, and they'll just bang that nail straight into the stump. It's incredible. For everyone else, it's a bad idea because <laughs> you bang up your hand a lot more than you bang up those nails. Mm, I believe it. It's not good. Anyway, more of that coming later. Uh, as far as this show, Don't Panic.io is our website. You should go and check that out. The links to our picks this evening will be there, as well as all of the episodes. You can, of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We're available there. And, of course, on YouTube uh, as well for the video version. You can email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com, and tweet at us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. That is going to wrap up this week. We will be back next time with some amount of tech news. Uh, but until then, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time for another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.